Hello, and welcome to episode five of From Paper to People, Ancestors Alive Genealogy's new podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, Carolyn Nee Lachlan. For those of you who missed the fun, I was interviewed on Saturday the 27th about this podcast and my work on Richard Parr's first ever podathon on Facebook. I'll put a link to the interview on my website, but I'm the next to last interviewee at about two hours and 15 minutes. So you can watch the whole thing or you can fast forward your choice. But there was a podcast in the discussion about psychic readings and another one about cows. So I recommend the entire 2.5 hour podathon. I want to say hey to my fans. I'm happy to say that this podcast now has an international reach. Hello to Madagascar, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Cape Verde, Ethiopia, and Libya, as well as my friend Sir Leprechaun Rabbit, who listens faithfully from Alberta, Canada. If you need something researched in Canadian records, by the way, look up Sir Leprechaun Rabbit up on Twitter. He's your man. His name is a little hard to say, Sir Leprechaun Rabbit. There you go. But uh, he's your man for Canada. In the United States, here's a big hello to California. New York, Utah, North Carolina, Texas, Alabama, Virginia, Idaho, Georgia, Washington, Arizona, Indiana, Nevada, Michigan, Tennessee, Iowa, South Carolina, New Jersey, Colorado, and Massachusetts. I value your support so much, and I can't wait until that list is replete with all U.S. states, territories, and protectorates. Then I can just say, hello, USA. But can I just say, what's your problem, Europe? I mean, where is the love? Lasso your friends in Italy and the UK, my friends. Let's make this party grow. Now, y'all strap in. This week's topic is one that everybody can enjoy. Epic cage match. Ancestry versus family tree. All genealogy noobs and old timers and everybody in between are welcome here. If you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Mormon, you know that this is the crux of what I teach each week in family history class. And chances are that you're not going to hear it elsewhere. If you're Mormon and you've been doing the work for a while, chances are that you're going to disagree with what I have to say here today, but that's okay. I will win you over. Now, last week's discussion was about stories, memories, and the softer side of family history. I'm going to move more into structure today and into an explanation and analysis of the two main family tree sites that I use, Ancestry.com and FamilySearch.org. They are similar in capabilities, but different in intent, and I want to make sure that you walk away from this week's episode understanding that. Ancestry and Family Search are both websites, online databases with a lot of bells and whistles. That's the first thing that any user needs to understand. They are glorified databases, card catalogs, if you will, but there are key differences. First, Ancestry. Ancestry Ancestry.com is for profit. It's an online service, it's a database, and it has the capacity to learn. It provides a platform for the user to add names, dates, and places about people and place those people in relationship to one another. 
It has an enormous and ever-growing pool of documents for researchers. In future episodes, we'll discuss where those documents come from and how each can be used to best advantage, but let's stick to structure for now. Think of Ancestry this way. When you create an account, you're creating a private room hermetically sealed from the rest of the world. The only thing coming in is a conveyor belt with hints or a variety of documents on it, census records, birth indexes, marriage certificates, that kind of thing. These documents have to do with establishing the times, dates, and places of people's lives and the relationships that they have had in life. This private hermetically sealed room, your ancestry account, is locked to everyone in the world unless you let them in. Unless you manually give a key in the form of collaborator or editorial status to another person, your tree is yours alone to build. More importantly though, your tree can be offered up as a hint to others or not as you see fit, and you can choose to believe other people's trees or not as they are fed into your hermetically sealed room via the hint's conveyor belt. I do not believe other people's trees as a rule. In fact, I teach my students, other people's trees are crap. Other people's research is crap. And the exceptions to that rule are few and far between. This makes every one of my students work hard in the actual historical record for their information, and it builds much stronger trees with actual verifiable historical evidence. Using other people's stories, guesses, and sloppy research as some form of truth is a giant mistake, one that I myself have made in the past and have learned not to repeat for the most part. The documents that come in on that hints conveyor belt never leave the room either. You can accept hints and apply them to your tree, say maybe to the hints you're not sure about, and then leave them sitting in a kind of an anteroom in case you want to re-examine them later. Or you can say no to the hints and you can leave them in yet another little separate anteroom in case you change your mind later on and you want to re-examine them. But hints are never ever lost. So saying no or saying maybe to something is never fatal. You cannot lose data in Ancestry. These hints are indicated by little green leaves in the on-screen graphic depiction of your tree. You've probably seen that on the TV ads for Ancestry. Working with those hints takes care and discretion. Not every document that Ancestry offers up belongs to a given person in your tree. You have to know what to look for and how to think about each type of document. We'll get into that critical thinking and analysis of hints in future episodes. Now to Family Search. Family Search is also a database. It also provides a platform for the user to add names, dates, and places about people and place those people in relationship to one another. It is free for everyone to use all over the world but it also has an express purpose for Mormons. It's connected to our temple system and thus to some very important religious work. However, it is one giant world tree, the exact opposite of the hermetically sealed room that you created for yourself when you created an account and a tree in Ancestry. When you create an account on Family Search, you're not walking into an exclusive and protected space. Family Search is like the giant forest you walk into uh, when you go through the back of the wardrobe in a C.S. Lewis novel. Family Search essentially is Narnia. 
It's as if each researcher is a tree and the branches of each of the trees all touch one another. It's a little bit mysterious in there. There is unusual wildlife and flora and fauna. It's a rare and magical ecosystem where every researcher's work has the potential to augment or to destroy every other researcher's work. It's all connected. Sooner or later, multiple family search users share ancestors. And if users make errors that disrupt or duplicate one another's lineage, that's potentially very dangerous to the truth. And because Mormons use this interdependent forest for religious purposes, errors there can cause very real problems for our temple system. So if you're a non-member and you choose to use the family search site, Good research hygiene is simply good manners in someone else's home. The idea in family search, in fact, the ideal in family search, is that for every one person who lived on the planet, there is one electronic representation of that person in family search. Think about the difference between that and ancestry. Ancestry is a bunch of little unconnected rooms. Family search is one giant longhouse filled with people trying to connect to one another. But because many people have misused family search due to a lack of education about doing the work of assembling a family tree, family search is filled with errors. Some of those errors are decades or even a century old. Even though I know that really predates the computer era, a lot of the research that was imported into FamilySearch upon FamilySearch's inception has been around for a really long time. For instance, a few years ago, I found that there were 40 versions of my 10th great-grandfather, George Pace, and it took some time to get all 40 versions merged into one. Over time, the accuracy of family search ebbs and it flows, not through malice, but through repeated error. Some people take great care with their work and they correct others' errors, but others start in family search and create new errors due to ignorance or a lack of caring about best practices and best evidence. It's a very fragile ecosystem and it has to be protected. In family search, anything that you enter has the potential to affect every other branch of the one world family tree that is constantly being created and adjusted. This is an enormous responsibility. So if you are considering using family search, you must do so with a great deal of care and thought. For example, if you and I share a set of great grandparents, Mary Smith and John Jones, I work on their family history in Ancestry in my sealed off room, and you do the same in yours. My work doesn't affect your work and vice versa. If, however, we are both working on Mary Smith and John Jones just in family search, and you created a new version of them extending back from your parents and grandparents, while I am working on a version of them extending from my parents and grandparents, We've just defeated the whole purpose of family search being a one world family tree. And we've made a big mess that will only get worse the further back we go. Though it claims to, family search is not very good at finding those duplicate versions of the same people. So let's talk about these hints and records a little bit. What kinds of records are available in Ancestry and Family Search? There's a really big array, but these are sort of the, the greatest hits birth, marriage, divorce, and death indexes and records, social security records for United States citizens, wills and probates records, uh, photos added by other users, 
obituaries, find-a-grave records, which come from the findagrave.com online cemetery website, baptismal records and other records from churches and religious organizations, and my personal favorite, federal and state censuses in the United States and UK censuses in Canada and in England, um, in all of the UK actually, that are the equivalent to US federal censuses. Now remember when I said that Ancestry is a database that learns? This is a very, very important point. Hints accrue as a result of Ancestry's learning function. So if four different researchers all research the same person or family group in their individual hermetically sealed trees, and they all attach the same set of records to these ancestors, Ancestry itself has an aha moment. When researcher number five shows up on the scene with a tree containing that same family group with the same names and dates attached, Ancestry says to itself, four other people used these census records, these social security records, and these birth and death records to identify and bind this family group together. Number five is looking at a group of people with the same names, dates, and places attached to them. The parents seem to have the kids with the same names as those other four researchers did. I think I'll suggest these records in a big old lump to number five. This is how your research can benefit me if we're related, by combing through record hints carefully and then actively seeking more records within Ancestry. You can attach a set of records to a parents and their kids that will benefit me when I show up at another time looking for evidence of that same family group existing together in real time and space. This is just one of the many reasons why it's important to do the research and do it right. Now, there is a downside to this database that learns understanding of ancestry. While it is very good for long-term Anglo-American, Euro-American, and Canadian families, it does not benefit those whose population profiles are smaller in the ancestry research community. So in plain English, if you come from a family of recent immigrants, Asians, Central and South Americans, Caribbean people, uh, if you're from an African-American heritage in origin, Ancestry might not have had the chance to learn which records go together for your specific family group. In that case, you may need some assistance getting started in your research. And that assistance could take the form of Bible records that are in your family, it could be folklore, or you may literally need somebody to give you a hand with the work that you're doing on site. Family search doesn't have a parallel to this learning function, because remember, its structure is different. There's only supposed to be one version of each person who ever lived in family search. Ideally, a group of researchers working together, albeit unwittingly and probably all over the planet, are doing so to assemble information about one person, one couple, one family. This is one of family search's shortcomings. Another strength in ancestry that family search lacks is that because it is a paid service trying to keep investors and paying customers happy, Ancestry has millions and millions more records to utilize in research than FamilySearch does. Don't get me wrong, FamilySearch has records that Ancestry doesn't, and FamilySearch has great value in that way. But Ancestry's learning function, plus its plethora of available records, make it a preferable research space. 
So here's my recommendation, and this is especially true for Magical Mormons who can use both sites together and transfer citations from one to the other seamlessly. Use Ancestry as the place to make and fix all of your messes before adding a new person or generation to family search, or before augmenting and further proving a relationship or a generation already present in family search. Once your research is complete on an individual and you are sure that you have the most complete and correct information possible, carry it over into family search, but not before then. Excellent work and complete facts developed in Ancestry will act as a trigger mechanism when crossed over into family search, pulling up hints in family search that Ancestry does not have and that family search probably would not have pulled otherwise. This will help you to complete your research on any given individual. Consider Family Search a place to polish off the tiny flaws or a holding place for perfected things, and you're looking at it the right way. There are many more reasons why this process of Ancestry first, Family Search second is important, but we'll have to discuss those in future episodes. For the time being, trust your hostess with the mostest when I say that I've been doing this work since 1980. I have tried numerous online services as they've come up, and I'm here to tell you that you should never do your initial research on Family Search. Never. And my Mormon friends, if someone tells you otherwise, send them to me. If they're willing to learn how to make a better way of doing things, I will teach them. Regardless, please, if you're going to use Family Search, remember that your research there touches thousands, maybe millions of other researchers. Don't poison the ecosystem. Be certain of what you're doing before you do it. And if you're not up for spending money on Ancestry, you can do it in two free ways. Check your local public library to see whether they can accommodate you with a free account using their computers, or stop into any local family history library. FHLs exist all over the world and are run by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can use Ancestry for free there in addition to performing on-site microfilm and book research. And of course, you can use FamilySearch there. Know that most family history librarians are unfamiliar with any services outside of those created and provided by the church itself, and use this as a guide to starting or continuing your work. You may need to consult YouTube and other resources for your ancestry learning needs, and of course, I'm always here for you. So what have we learned today? Family tree sites are databases with bells and whistles. Ancestry has the capacity to learn, Family Search does not. Using Family Search as a primary research site can screw up the entire world, so it's not such a good idea to do that. There are public libraries and family history libraries where you can access both of these programs. That's a lot, and it is time to stop, so I'm going to leave you with this thought. Genealogy is a lot more fun if it's based in facts and good research than it is if it's based in crummy methodology. Be a groovy guy or a groovy gal. Do your research and contribute to the positive energy in the genealogy universe. Thanks so much for listening. If you podcast and you want groovy theme music like mine, email my good friend Kurt Brady at curtisbrady at yahoo.com. Tell him I sent you. He can hook you up with rock, 
blues, country, folk, pretty much anything that you can think of. As for me, you know me, I'm around. You can find me online at AncestorsAliveGenealogy.com and on Facebook at Ancestors Alive Genealogy. Follow me on Twitter at Ancestors Alive and on Instagram at Ancestors Alive Genealogy. If you have a request, a dispute, a book recommendation, or you just want to say hi, you can contact me at Ancestors Alive Genealogy at gmail.com. And now you can support this podcast on Patreon and win or earn valuable prizes. Go to patreon.com slash ancestors alive and sign up for any of five support levels ranging from $5 to $25 per month. I need that financial support to keep this virtual classroom going. Have a great week, do your research, and above all, expect surprises.